0: So we started a, 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 a theme or a series this month. Our, our theme is about the power of God's Word, and uh, that's what we're talking about. And today, we're under the subtopic, declare, or you may want to call it, the potency of declaration. And I'm talking specifically about declaring God's Word, speaking God's Word over your life. Very often when we go through difficult times, it's easy for us in desperation to say things we don't mean and to speak what we see and declare what we shouldn't declare over our lives. But as I'll be showing you, it's important for you and me to learn to instruct our mouth and to guard our words because indeed our words become our destiny. This is not positive thinking. This is not just some clever thing that somebody came up with. This is involved and it's there in the word of God. David says in Psalms 118 verse 17, I shall not die, but live. Can I hear somebody say amen to that? It says, I shall not die, but live, and declare the works of the Lord. In the NIV, it reads, I will not die, but live, and I will proclaim what the Lord has done. In the complete Jewish Bible, it reads, I will not die. No, I will live and proclaim the great deeds of Yah." It's important for us to get the background of this. When David is saying what he's saying, what does he mean? And how does it apply to me today? This psalm, we are told, is a hymn of thanksgiving and deliverance from enemies. Though it was sung in other celebrations of Israel, but the portion that we are focusing on is that of King David as he offered a song of thanksgiving for deliverance and victory in battle. David says, I went to war. I was involved in battle, but I didn't die. Things were rough, but I didn't die. I lived. Evidently, the psalmist had thought that with the period he went through, he would die. It's possible he had felt that there was imminent danger of dying. So he describes the feeling he had at the time when you read the verses before. And he saw that he was in danger. He saw that his enemies were thick around him and they sought his life. But then an assurance came. Then something hit him that in spite of what you're surrounded with, you will be victorious. In spite of what is around you, you will accomplish your objective. You will be protected. You will live and you will not die. And then he says, because of that, I will make that declaration. I won't be quiet about it. I will say it. I will make a declaration of it. I will say it. I will live and I will not die. David says, I will tell the world what God has done in my life. I'll not be quiet about it. Because when you look at me, I'm a someone on two feet. When you look at me, my life tells the story of what God has done and what God will do and what God can do. I will declare I will not be quiet. And we need to learn to take this posture. We need to learn to declare what God has done. Not only declare that what he has done in our lives, but declare what his word says about us. It takes discipline when you are surrounded by difficulty. It takes a lot of commitment when things are not working well in your life to discipline your mouth to declare the right things. So many people don't have the energy to do it. They just say what they see. They just express what they see but they don't understand the power in what they are saying. And David says, I will declare. Somebody say, I will declare. I will declare. That word declare in Hebrew is the word sofa. And it's spelled S-A-P-H-A-R. And that word, it properly means to score with a mark. Or when you tally a record. You know, you write something down, you tally a record. It means also to inscribe and to enumerate or it talks about recounting i will recount i will score i will write i will say what god has done this word also means to reckon or to write as a scribe it means also to speak to talk to tell as a writer Therefore, David says, we need to tell, we need to speak, we need to reckon, we need to write, we need to declare what God has done and what God says about us. We're not doing it because we're boasting. We're not doing it to point attention to ourselves. But we're doing it to point the attention to the one who loved us whilst we were sinners. We are pointing our attention to the one who makes us strong when we are weak. We are pointing our attention to the one who has carried us through these 18 months. We are pointing our attention to the one who has calmed our fears, to the one who has wiped away our tears. We are pointing our attention to the one who has carried us in our weakness. We didn't know we will be here, but we are still here. We are still alive, and we want to declare the goodness of our God. Somebody shout hallelujah in the house. We will intentionally... Speak about what God has done and intentionally speak God's word over our lives. Importantly so, when we are going through seasons when we don't feel like doing it. When everything around us is falling apart. And when negativity is surrounding us and it looks like we are moving from bad to worse. Importantly so, these are the times when I will be intentional. I will say what God says about me. And I'll speak about what God says about me. Because I understand Proverbs 18, 21. When it says death and life are in the power of the tongue. The complete Jewish Bible says the tongue has power over life and death. Those who indulge it must eat its fruit. The message Bible says words kill, words give life. They are either poison or fruit. You choose. So the Bible says, you choose. I choose to speak life to my life and not speak death to my life. When the Bible speaks about the tongue in this instance, it's referring to our words. Words are important. God uses words as containers to transport whatever he wants to transport. Whether faith, power, miracles, words are transporters. As a matter of fact, God demonstrates this to us. In the beginning of times, when this world began, at the start of everything, this was God's modus operandi of creating this vast universe that we see. He sets in motion a principle that will be timeless, a principle that will govern this universe. He sets in motion a principle. That will be there for time and eternity. That will be operated by people knowingly or unknowingly. He sets in motion a principle that will operate both in the positive and the negative, the principle of the words that we speak. Watch this, Baselana. My bishop led us on Tuesday in a very powerful prayer. And, uh, and I was reading, you know, and, and, and I've borrowed some of the sermons. I so said, thank you, my bishop. I'm going to be stealing your sermon. But I won't pay you for it. It's... It's copyrighted. It's my right to copy. Anyhow, we're an community of property after all. So, so. so um, what was I saying? And so, here we go, Bazalina. And so, as, as I went through Genesis 1 again, you know, Bazalana, it's amazing. I've been preaching by God's grace for more than 40 years. I think, if you go back to when I started, much more than 40 years, right? I've read Genesis 1, I don't know how many times in a year. I've preached from it. I don't know how many times. But this week I found out something new. And so I'm just encouraging some of you who are looking bored because I'm preaching something you've heard before. You never know. You you might hear something that you haven't heard before because the word of God is a mine. And the more you dig, the more you find. And the further you go, it's the more you find what is more precious than what you found yesterday. Here I'm reading Genesis 1, and, and then it occurs to me, you know, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Let me read it for you. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Then it says, and the earth was without form and void. And I've talked about this. I'll talk about it again, but I want to add something to it. You know, the earth was without form and void. So we pump we, 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 we into the condition of the earth. That is described as it being without form and void. Now, that word without form, as you've heard me say, in the Hebrews, The word tohu, C-O-H-U. And this word means to lie waste. The earth was lying waste. That word means desolation of surface. The earth was lying there, desolate. That word means desert. Figuratively, it means worthless, a worthless thing. It speaks of confusion, an empty place, without form, nothing, vain, vanity, waste, wilderness. That's without form. And the word void also it means a, 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 an undistinguishable ruin. It's a ruin, Maui pega. You can't even distinguish it. Yonkinto, kusanga sanga you can't make heads or tails. You don't know what to do with this thing. So God steps up. Looks at this mess. Right? And what does God do? He doesn't talk about the mess. I, I, God talks to the mess. And that's our problem. We talk about our mess. We tell everybody about our mess. We declare our mess. But God doesn't talk about the mess. What God does is to introduce something called light. Not the sun. Watch it now. He says, and God said, Let there be light. He didn't say let there be the sun because how the sun was created on the second or the third day. So when God said let there be light, what is it that he was releasing? He was releasing his life. He was releasing his power. He was releasing his light because it is only light that can turn around But he releases this light through his words. He looks at the tohu vabohu and he talks to the tohu vabohu. He doesn't talk about the tohu vabohu. And many years later, Jesus demonstrates this principle when he sees the fig tree. And he talks to the fig tree and says, no man have fruit from thee from hereafter. And the following day, as they pass by, Peter notices that master, look. Look, look, the victory that you spoke to has become what you said and jesus says have the faith of god let me decode it for you jesus is saying look i'm just demonstrating to you what god did at the beginning of times if you will say unto this mountain be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and you will not doubt in your heart you will have what you say look he didn't say talk about the mountain he says if you will say to the mountain but many people, when they are facing their tov they tell everybody about it. They talk about it everywhere. They tell everybody about it. But David says, I will declare. I will be intentional. I will do it on purpose. I will release light to my tov and then he writes and says, the entrance of thy word brings light. So when you talk the word to your tohu vabawu, you are introducing light into the tohu vabawu. And we note as we read the scriptures since God said let there be light day in and day out he started creating one thing after the, other, after the other 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 I see the light of the word changing things one after the other it changes your life it changes your behavior it changes your health it changes your economic status it changes your family it changes your vision somebody shout hallelujah i see you changing I will declare, I will speak, not about the mountain, but I will talk to the mountain because I understand death and life are in the power of the tongue. I choose to speak life to my life. I will declare. Somebody say, I will declare. Somebody say, I will declare. Somebody say, I will declare. declare. So, our words, therefore, are like seeds that we plant. You may not see the harvest today. You see, some people say, No, I I spoke negatively, nothing happened to me. (laughs) May I remind you of Galatians 6? Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever, whatsoever a man soweth, that Shall he rape? Have you realized, Bazalana, that successful people, when you get around them, have you realized that their language is different? They're upbeat. They're talking about what they're going to do tomorrow. They have plans. They're looking forward. Now, it doesn't mean they haven't failed, it doesn't mean things are not hard. But they've learned to discipline their mouth. But then you go on the other side of the fence. And you meet somebody who's telling you nothing is working. Things will never work. Nothing ever comes right in my life. What have they done? They have learned to speak on the negative. They have programmed themselves that way. And they are surprised that they are reaping what they are sowing. They don't realize the more you speak is the more you plant. Because the more you say it is the more you plant it for your life. Oh, I ask you, I plead, I plead, I plead with you, plant the word of God in your life. Speak the word of God in your life. It may your life may not change today, it may not change next week, it may not change next year. But as we say in the township, one day is one day. The same way when God created the world, you know what happened in one day, it changed over time. So, our words are like seeds that we plant. Watch. And whatever we say consistently over our lives ends up becoming our destiny. But not only that, whatever we say consistently over our lives, we end up believing it in our hearts. Because words are sown into the soil of our hearts through the door or the gateway called ears. It's been proven that if you say something long enough, even if it's not true, you end up believing it. This is what advertising is about. People in the media understand it. You can create a story about somebody that people will believe even in the face of evidence. But if you repeat it long enough, even if it's not true, people will believe it. Now imagine when you take the word, which is true. When you take what God says about you, which is true. Even if when you declare it over your life, initially you may not believe it initially you may not trust it but keep on saying it again and 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 one day is one day you'll believe what God says because what God says about you is true it may not be manifest yet you may not be living in the reality of it yet. When God says you are more than a conqueror, it's true. You may not be experiencing that, but it's true. Because God is not a man to lie. God is not the son of man to change your, his mind. What God has said about you is true. That's why Paul says, let God be true and every man a liar. When God says you are more than a conqueror, let everybody else be a liar. But I choose to say I'm more than a conqueror. Even if I'm not experiencing it right now. But if I keep saying it and saying it and saying it and saying it I will believe it in my heart and as I believe it and I say it I believe it and I say it and I keep planting those words and planting those words and planting those words and planting those words. One day not like yesterday. And you've got to continue saying it and saying it and saying it. Particularly when you feel like saying something negative. Especially when it's tovabo. You refuse to talk about it, you talk to it. You know, Masalan, I, over, over years now, as a pastor, one of my greatest. I don't know how to say my greatest lessons is to realize that I must never jump to conclusions about anybody's life I'm because over years we we interact with many people that's what we do that's what we are called for I've prayed for hundreds of people if not thousands I've counseled thousands of people. And as a pastor, if you're a real true pastor, you carry your flock in your heart. I may not know your name, but I'm telling you. I may not know, I may not know you. And when you when have counseled with people, you carry it in your heart. You, you do your best to give advice. And some situations are really bad. But you know what has amazed me? You meet those people 10 years later. (laughs) If you never met them 10 years before, you will never believe. But it's people who didn't allow the situation to swallow them. It's people who decided to believe what God says about them and to declare it over their lives. The last thing you want to do is to hang around in a toxic environment among people who believe that nothing will ever come right. And I've never understood it. Here's somebody, things are not working, but they're hanging around with those people who say things will never work. So you find, of these negative people who walk around in this toxic environment and they're all believing that nothing will ever come right. And yet, in the same class, the same circumstances. There's somebody on the other side who's having different fruit. But I listen to what these other people on the other side are saying. They are saying something different. It depends on what you declare. Yeah. I said it depends on what you declare. Yeah. Depends, on what you declare. Yeah. <laughs> depends on what you declare. And so I want to close Bazalona, quickly with the following points. To talk about the importance of declaring God's word over our lives. This is what got me going, my bishop, when I was talking about it. What's the importance of declaring God's word over our lives? Number one, when we declare God's word, we encourage ourselves by God's word. Be your biggest encourager. You must learn, Bazalana, if nobody else will encourage you, you will encourage you. In 1 Samuel 30, we read an amazing story of how David was accused by people he had led so well. Because crisis came, they talked of stoning him because they would lost their wives and their children. And yet David had suffered the same fate. And in spite of him having led them so well, For so long, when crisis came, they became negative. You know, sometimes that happens with people. When crisis comes, all of a sudden, everything they knew just disappears. That's what they were. And they talked of stoning him. And the Bible says in verse 6 of 1 Samuel 30, verse 6, it says, And David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him. Because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man, for his sons and for his daughters. Read that last part. Iring. Read it again. Iring. Read it again. What does it say? How do you encourage yourself? By speaking the word over your life. Speaking the word over your life. So that's the first thing. We encourage ourselves in the Lord. Number two, the power of God's word creates and recreates. See, when you speak the word of God over your life, it creates and it recreates. Proverbs 4, verse 20 to 22. My son, attend to my words. Incline thine ears unto my sayings. Let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them. And they are health to all their flesh. God's word creates and recreates. So speak it over your life. Number three, the word of God gives life and scares death away. Speak that word. It gives life and it scares death away. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 11, in the NIV, it reads The mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life. Oh my goodness. When you speak the word as the righteous, it's a fountain of life, it's a life giving thing. But violence overwhelms the mouth of the wicked. Don't have the mouth of the wicked. Have the mouth of the righteous. Speak God's word. It scares death away. Number four, we are justified or condemned by our words. We are justified and condemned. How many of you know that, you know, how if if Ubu were a lot, you have a lot to apologize for. Look at your neighbor and say, I know he's not talking about me, but talking about you. Just tell them, I know he's talking... You'll find but that's why the Bible talks about learning to be uh, discerning with your words. A fool is known by the multitude of his words. <laughs> Have you realized when you're around people who know a lot, they don't say a lot? In fact, when you start talking, they listen to you and they give you a chance. But when you're around someone who doesn't know much, they, they shut you up so that you must listen to their nothing. You want me to withdraw? <laughs> Honorable members. <laughs> Sustained. <laughs> Matthew 12, 37. By your words you will be justified and acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned. Number five. This one got me. God will give you what he hears you say. I, this one, I I, I was, I was having fun with it. God will give you what he hears you say. In Numbers 14, 28, listen what God says to them. God says to Moses, say to them, as I live, says the Lord, just as you have spoken in my hearing, so I will do to you. What had happened? They were complaining and they said they will never get to the promised land they will die in the wilderness and God says fine. You said it. You release death on your life. Have it your way. God can override what you say over your life. Because God created you to speak words over your life. God created you In the same way he created the world you live in, he created the world we live in, he wants you to create the world you live in. Through your words. Oh yeah. In conclusion, in conclusion, we need to realize, Bazalana, that if we are going to speak the word of God, if we are going to say things over our lives, our mouth is not the one that chooses what to say our mouth doesn't choose what it says but what we say is comes from what our heart is full of jesus says in matthew 12 out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks which means the mouth can only express what the heart is full of Amen. ah you're not listening but how do you fill your heart the following things as i close number one we fill our hearts number one by intentionally speaking god's word over our lives when you speak the word over your life and you say that word over your life, through the gates or the doors of your ears, the word fills your heart. Number two, by continually listening to the word of God. See, one of the things I've never understood, many of God's children don't listen to preaching. They don't listen to the word. You know, we listen to every other thing, even in terms of music. This is what I've asked people. How do you listen to music that promotes violence, hate, infidelity? Huh? Four-letter words. Because as you listen to it, it goes to your heart. Eh? It doesn't end there. It goes to your heart. How do you sow that in your heart and expect something different? Look at your neighbor and say, why are you quiet? Is he talking to you? <laughs> Number three. Intentionally, or rather, take time to meditate on God's word. In Joshua 1.8, as you meditate on God's word, as you think on it, it makes its way into your heart. I'm telling you, Bazalina, if you spend a protracted time in God's word, I, I would suggest to some of you, if you could, Bazalina, I know maybe because you're working and so on, if you could, this is what I challenge you. I would challenge you one day, né? one day if you can, né? just take half a day of fasting, not feasting, fasting and this time it's not just the fasting of food it's the fasting of negative news and you spend one day just one day maybe about six hours just reading your Bible listening to the message of God's word and declaring God's word I'm, I'm challenging you just do that just how you one failed, and you'd come and tell me how it was why? Because so many people allow themselves to have continual negativity bombarding their spirits. And when negativity grows around them, by my you activated a principle in the word of God. And finally, Speak God's word until it registers in your spirit. And guard the gates of your ears. Listen to God's word until it registers. I don't know how to say this more than what I'm saying it, Bazelon. Listen to God's word again and again and again and again. When God said to Joshua, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, he says, you know, listen to it again and again and again and again and again. Even if we would really, I found out there's a place where the Bible says it will be held to those who find it. People don't understand when it says to find it. You are not just listening to it, you found it. What happened? It finally registered on your spirit. I don't know if you've ever had a manual where you are trying to fix something and you were ready, reading these directions. You read, okay, one screw there was a bay. Pull this one here, why pull? And you did everything, but after you've done all the five steps, you still had an unfinished product. And then you do it again, and do it again, and then finally when you do it for the 15th time, you realize there's one word that you skipped or you didn't understand. And then you just adjust it to where are, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> what you couldn't do for several hours, when you found the truth, that's why that's why that's why that's why Jesus said that's why that's why Jesus says if if you if you continue in my word then you are my disciples says Jesus, and then you will know the truth but the knowing of the truth comes after the continuing You got to stay with it again and again and read it and read it and declare it and listen to it and read it and declare it and listen to it and read it and declare it and one day. And the thing is this if you can be able to fix that thing, I won, even tomorrow you will fix it. Even other people who have the same gadget, you will show them how to fix it and save all the time. But it just takes one truth of God's word to revolutionize your life. When you declare the word of the living God. Raise your hands to God as I pray for you. Hallelujah. For those of you watching by way of television, you can call right now on the number that's on the screen. I want to pray for you. We know that God really wants to change your life. It's for you right now. You see the counseling lines are open now. You want Jesus to come into your life. There could be some of you right here in this auditorium who say, I want Jesus to come into my heart. Those of you who are streaming from the different churches, even online to say, you know, my life is not right before God. Would you pray for me? If you are here in this auditorium and you say, I want my life to be right before God, Bishop, please pray for me. Would you stand on your feet right where you are? Just stand on your feet. I want to pray for you. Thank you. Just stand on your feet. Stand on your feet. Stand on your feet right where you are. Bless you. Thank you so much. Thank you for standing. Can we ask the counselors please just to get close to the people who are standing. I want to pray for you. Just join me in the prayer. Those of you who are standing right. And everybody in the congregation join us. Pray with me. Heavenly Father. In the name of Jesus. I come to you. Just as I am. I give my life to you as I invite Jesus Christ to come into my heart to be the Savior and the Lord of my life. Thank you for hearing my prayer and for coming into my heart. In Jesus' name, amen.